Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Let's Talk CFL Podcast. Roundtable discussion recorded live on Sunday and Wednesday nights. Visit Let's Talk CFL on Facebook for showtime. Brought to you by the Let's Talk Sports Groups on Facebook. Our partners, LostWorldOnSports.com. Stream live on BlogTalkRadio.com. Good evening, CFL fans. Boy, talk about uh, waiting until the last minute and so on and just to get uh, up and running. Uh, we are up and running uh, just at the very last second. So if I'm a little scrambly at this uh, point, um, don't mind me because I've got a couple of things to do here. Uh, we're kind of getting going on the fly here tonight, but we are uh, up and running. And good evening. Uh, a couple nights later... Uh, welcome to Let's Talk CFL podcast. Uh, forgive me if I don't need, don't, uh, have the exact episode because, well, I'm, like I said, I'm running around with my, like a chicken with my head cut off and we are now up and running and good evening and welcome. Uh, sorry we did not, uh, have a show Wednesday night, which we usually have, uh, because we, um, uh, had a couple of people conflicting. Uh, real life will every now and then get in the way of um, will get in the way of the podcast, and sometimes we have to make adjustments on the fly. And that's what we did on Wednesday night. We're like, well, what are we going to do? Who's available then? Who's available then? Uh, but now uh, we are available, and um, we are online here. And good evening. Uh, sorry. I should have introduced myself right off the bat, and I didn't do that because, um, well, because we were kind of scrambling, and I got in just as the show was starting. How about that for timing? Uh, but good evening. Welcome to Let's Talk CFL episode, uh, again, I don't know the exactly episode. We're just calling it Let's Talk CFL Friday uh, for this um, uh, episode because we are a little bit scrambly here, and I apologize for that. But like I said, that's what happens from time to time. Uh, but, hey, we're getting closer. We're another week closer to kickoff. Uh, the other day, I think it was Wednesday, was 44 days or something like that till the kickoff of the season, and now we are even closer. We're about 42. So I believe it's about six weeks from now uh, where we are um, uh, away from kickoff. So we're very, very close Um Training camp starts July the 10th, so that is, ooh, what, about uh, 15 days from now? Maybe uh, two weeks from tomorrow or two weeks from Sunday? Yeah, it's exciting. They're going to be on the field hitting each other in a few weeks. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about that later on because uh, we talked about the Stampeders and the Eskimo, or excuse me, the Elks. You know, quite a few. You know what? I think I've been talking to myself. I think we've had dead air for the last two minutes. I think I was talking to no one. I'm not really. Am I there? Hello, Hello, Will. Yeah, I can hear you. Oh, I can hear little you. Little, did you hear my rant earlier? Have you been listening to me nope. earlier? Okay, nope. so I think we had about five minutes of dead air there. Lovely. Because I was just uh, scrambling around at the last second getting everybody... I thought uh, it shows that Mark is on, but I don't think he's here, so I might have to call him yeah, back. Yeah, I'm here now. 
I'm here oh, now. Okay, good. He's there. Okay, there we yeah. are. What a great you show. Cut out You're a couple of right from the beginning. Yeah. What a great show. If you've uh, listening from right from the beginning, you've probably been listening to five minutes of dead air. So, but hey, we're well, on the air now, and I guess that's what counts. What's that? I said I what said hello doing? every now and then. Oh, okay. <laughs> Well, you know, Sparky's been on the line the whole time, so. Yep. Say what? They're listening to. Yeah, he probably has. Oh, okay. Maybe. I'm surprised he wasn't messaging us saying, where are you guys? Where are you guys? (laughs) 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 You know, I was worried about you guys, you know. Um, Okay, so, no, we are finally on online here. Uh, And, uh, yeah, we've got uh, things to talk about. Uh, as I was saying, we're only about, I think uh, either it's, it's either two weeks from tomorrow or two weeks from Sunday uh, is the start of training camp. I believe it's two weeks from Sunday. I think it starts the 11th. It's either the, no, no, it's the 10th, so it's two weeks from tomorrow. Yeah, there's a lot of players that are starting their quarantine now, I've been seeing on Twitter. Yeah, I've no, I noticed that too. Yeah, I've seen that on Twitter too, So many players, so... It's exciting. We're almost uh, to the point where they're going to be on the field for the first time in 19 months, 18 months, or something like that. Yeah. That's something. Yep. So, well, we're here after a bit of a scrambly beginning, but now we're here. I should point out that uh, CJ is not uh, going to be with us tonight. Uh, He is off with family tonight. I think... uh, he said they were going out for dinner, and they were having really, really bad service, which is something I can attest to because I had that a few nights ago. Uh, but he's not yeah. going to be able to make it, so we'll miss him. And you know what? Will just dropped. Isn't that nice? So we'll have to go get him back. Of course he did. Yep. Yep. Oh, this computer is driving me nuts tonight. Uh uh, how do we get over there? We go we get over get over there. So we'll just uh, get Will back up. So how are you doing, Mark? How things there? How's life there in Winnipeg? Doing really good. Weather's been decent. Nothing like what you're getting. Uh, it's been hot, oh, but God. not your hot. Uh-huh. Uh, no thanks. I know Calgary is getting it too. Yeah, no thanks. I'll take my twenty six, twenty seven right now. Yeah, I'd like. Other that's what I would like here. Whenever I live in forties, yeah. Now I'm just excited that I'm going to actually be going to a football game on August fifth. Yes, because from the sounds of it, mm-hmm. um, they're packing the stadium. Are they? Yeah, it's going to be all, but you got to be uh, vaccinated. I think I read uh, there was an article yeah. about that well, earlier. So far, right? Yeah. Well, that's what they're keying on. Miller said they're working on, they're talking with um, Manitoba Health and that about maybe a section or part of the stadium for non-vaccinated mm-hmm. or something. They're looking okay. at it. But mm-hmm. um, I'm just, that means that I can actually see the Grey Cup banner go up finally. Yeah, that'll be exciting. Finally, two years later almost. They're actually going to raise the banner. (laughs) And after watching Montreal win last night, especially outside, I won't seem to think we need to worry about masks. Uh, No, because they sure as hell weren't (laughs) doing it in Montreal last night. It looks so weird and so awesome at the same time. Yep. 
Well, because we've been wearing them for so long and stuff like that. It's just like, oh, at least something that seems somewhat normal. <laughs> yeah. Will, are you back? Yes, I am. Okay, you're back. Yeah, you dropped off on it there for a minute, but now you're back. Yep. What so how you, are you, Will? How are things going there? Well, we were just talking about good, good, good. Uh, how we're get we're getting uh, close, and I had mentioned that we're only a couple of weeks away from training camp, and um, Mark, Ma- Mark's excited because he's going to get to get to go to a football game soon. I think we'll yeah. all be excited about cool. that. Yeah, no, I'm going to be excited too. I got yep. August seventh marked on my calendar. So we Calgary, started, Calgary starts at home, right? Yeah, August seventh. Yep. So, well, the Lions start with night. a, Against two, a I, couple of road games, but what's that? I said uh, Calgary starts with Toronto, which I'm not too excited yep. about, but that's okay. That's okay because I think Calgary's going to be rather young this year, to be honest with you. It certainly seems so that way. We shall, we shall, we shall see. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, we haven't had football for a long time, so. Yep. It'll be different. It'll be different. That's the fun part of yeah. the Hamilton Winnipeg game, Will. Um, both Hamilton and Winnipeg have close to the same rosters as they did uh, in 2019. So going right yeah. out of the gun, I think that'll be a fun one to watch. Ugh. Yeah, they usually are. The Great Cup, Great rematch, Cup rematch. So. Yep. But, Except I mean, the first I mean, preseason game of the year. What's that? And it'll be a lot of rust. It'll be a lot of rust yeah. to break off. It might be a, slu- a pretty sloppy yeah. game. It's the first Let's preseason see. game. Think about it. Yeah, I yep. guess so. I, I figure so. with the four with the fourteen uh, game season coming this year, I'm thinking teams aren't going to be fully hitting their stride till like week six, week seven, because of the long layoff. Yeah, as per as per usual, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I've always thought the first four games of the regular season were exhibition too. So, you know, yeah. so it's hard to say. So, Mark, what is the what is the? Did I read an article a little while ago about who they're going to let into the stadium? What's the standard? Um, well, guaranteed that if you're double vaxxed, you're in, and that's what all the media is keying on. Miller is working with. Manitoba Health and uh, all that, and the government to see about letting non-vaccinated in as well. I see. But it's, up, it's not up to him on that. He can say, yeah, you can come in, but if Manitoba Health and the government said, no, they can't, then they can't. Yeah. So, But he is working with them right now, That's and nobody is talking about that in the media because that doesn't sell clicks. True. So it'll be it interesting. Seemed, yep. Yeah, it's seeming like, um, at least from the prairies, for like most of Alberta, and um, most of Alberta and uh, the prairie, Manitoba, Saskatchewan, they look like they're pretty much going full. Full bore, and they're they're planning on a full stadium right from week one. At least it seems that's kind of how they're working uh, how they're working at it right now. 
I know it ain't going to be like that in BC. I can tell you that right now. But in the prairies in Alberta, I think we're going to see that. We'll see. I mean, we never get full stadiums here, regardless. So. Well, that's true. I mean, but but maybe maybe because of this eighteen month layoff or whatever it's been, they'll have a huge stadium or huge state stadiums full. So we shall see. Could but be. once again, August seventh. August 7th is kind of in the middle of the summer. You know, people go away on vacation because don't forget, they're going to open things up a little bit and uh, people will be on vacation, I would assume. Yeah, that's a possibility. So we'll see. I mean, I am interested to see what the crowds are like. I mean, uh, it all, of course, depends on restrictions and so on. But let's say that for just for argument's sake that some of these – Stadium say, you know what, no restrictions, you can have whoever you want. I am going to be interested to see what kind of uh, crowds show up at the games if the um, if the long layoff will bring more fans back because there's always that saying, you don't know what you've got till it's gone, or will uh, it drop off somewhat because people have stopped paying attention, or if it will be relatively the same as we saw, you know, back in 2019. So I am interested to look into that and just kind of see well, where I'm, they're at. I'm curious to see if they open it up to everybody. Is that going to scare some amount of people away? You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I, that's another good question. I don't know. I've seen so, on Twitter with I the Winnipeg stuff. A lot of fans, there's quite a few fans saying they are not going at the start of the season because they're still worried about the fourth wave coming. Mm-hmm. So there is still that segment that is scared to go, which is yeah, fine because other people will pick up the tickets anyway. Yeah. Well, when it takes, you know, it's still so funny, I, I, think, I, I think you can look at it this way. So in the last week, my gym has opened up, okay? And I've been there. I've been there every day at five o'clock in the morning and you have to wear your mask into the building. Yep. Did he drop again? Sounds like it. I don't know. He's gone silent. It's still showing him up, but he's showing here. Yeah. He just (laughs) dropped again. All right. We'll call him back and, Let's see if he, maybe he's still talking, and then it'll ring into his ear. <laughs> uh, blog Talk's doing really well tonight. Yeah, Blog Talk's doing his usual bang-up job. Yeah, he just said call me. <laughs> yeah, I'm just, I'm dialing right now. <laughs> uh, well, I know Winnipeg is still selling season tickets. The day they announced that the season was on and the August 5th start date, they sold 10 tickets. Now, it's wow. only 10 season tickets. But Still. if you average four, five, six, ten a day, that adds up in the CFL. Yeah, pretty quickly. All right, Will, you back? Yes. I don't know what the you hell. You were here about. and then you disappeared. Anyways, yeah. what I was saying was, so about 40 people show up at my gym every morning, and you're allowed to, you only have to wear your mask till you're going where you're going, and then you can take it off. And I've noticed that about 10 people, continue to wear their masks. Yep. Yeah, that's, so I think that's a pretty good, yeah, that's a pretty good, you know, 
you're going to see that in all aspects of a lot of things. So out, so out of 40, so it's basically 25%. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? Yeah. I have no problem with that. If people feel more comfortable wearing a mask, whether they're at a football game, whether they're at a gym, a restaurant or whatever, if they prefer to wear a mask, I have no problem with that. That's entirely up to them. Well, and I, and you know what? I've often, I have actually said that if I end up going to a football game, I'm allowed to go to a football game, I will probably consider wearing a mask. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just because I have no you problem are in with that. close contact, you are in close contact with people. Mm-hmm. All right. Yep. And, and if you, and if you think about it, wearing masks and keeping things clean, I think that's got a big part to not even having the sniffles this year. You know what I mean? I think that's that's certainly true. Okay, so, and I, I, I've i always been a bit of a germaphobe, so hey. Mm-hmm. And I have, I've really had no problem with the masks, so... You know. I liked it more in the in the colder months than I do now. Now it get you know you get really hot and so on. Back in the winter, I'm like, hey, I kind of like this. It keeps my face warm. Well, in the summertime, I don't I don't want the tan line. Okay. <laughs> yeah, those <laughs> are going to be pretty ugly. So. Everyone's looking like Homer Simpson. That's correct. That's yeah. correct. So. Pardon me? I haven't heard that one in a while. That's true. Yeah, everyone's Homer. No! All right, so we've been talking for about 15 minutes now and haven't gotten to the agenda yet, which is fine because I don't know how exciting the agenda is because I put it together every week. But, you know, as the season gets closer, we get more and more stuff uh, to talk about, which is nice because back in – January, February, it was not a fun or easy task to um, to do the agenda. But it's getting better, and as we get closer to training camp and into the season, it's going to get even better so much. We'll also have to talk about uh, – my wife was asking me this the other day, and I'm like, you know what, I'm not sure. I'm going to have to find out whether or not, like we do in the past, uh, if we're going to go to two uh, shows like we've normally done and do a Sunday night show. So we'll have to talk to CJ about that coming up and see whether or not we're uh, going to go back to to two shows a week. So Yeah, I'll be curious, I'll be curious about that myself. Yeah. yeah. I'm honestly good doing it either way, so we'll see what happens. Okay. So I guess we should go on to the um, – we'll go to the um, – yeah, the virtual Grey Cup. We made our selections last week, and we've gotten to the end of our virtual dice rolling season. And we had our virtual Grey Cup last week. And wouldn't you know it, the Montreal Alouettes, 53 to 12 over the Edmonton Elks, Camos, or whatever. 53 to 12. Alcoholics. I kind of like that one too. I swear that should be their fan club name. And well, with that, t-shirts. Yep. And there was only one person that picked the Al's to win this game. And that would be William. Mr. Will. Yeah. Who would that be? 
that would be you. You are the okay. only one to pick Montreal. You get the four points. The three of us get zero because the rest of us picked Edmonton. And that means yep. you win that one. And congratulations on that. So, and with that, oh, wait a minute. Why didn't did we redo the standing starting in the playoffs? I guess we did, didn't we? Yeah, well, at least yeah, we did. did because, yeah, so... That means that Will wins the playoffs. He finishes with eight points. Um, Mark finishes right behind him with six. Yours truly will finish in third with four. And CJ only gets two. So eight, six, four, two, Will finishes first in the playoffs. So he wins the virtual Grey Cup. And with that, that's the end of our virtual season. And the really exciting part, the next time we make a selection on a game, it's actually going to be a game. That's the rest of us other than Will. That's the most exciting horn that you have on the board. So that's all I can do, man. Sorry. That's because it's the only horn I have. I know. Well, we'll play some celebration music here. Here's Will's celebration music. (laughs) Or we could do this. Will wins the playoffs. So, hey, Charles, I wanted to congratulate. I wanted to congratulate (laughs) you, Charles. I wanted to congratulate you, Charles, on your... uh, uh, TikTok debut. <laughs> it was awful. That's why I haven't really gone on yeah. since then. You know what? So I I don't uh, know. Did you do you realize I watched TikTok? <laughs> what was that? And and I said, do you realize what? I watched TikTok? I do now. <laughs> yeah, and you popped up. You popped up right out of the blue the other day. I was sitting outside with my brother, and it's like, holy shit, it's Charles. So yep. There you go. Oh, well. And if anybody's thinking about joining my TikTok, don't bother. It's not exciting. I've done two videos, and they both suck. That's why I don't go on very often. You don't have I've to worry. Pretty, I've never been on it. What's that? I've seen, some pretty, I've seen some pretty bad TikToks, Charles. You're not in there, okay? Okay. <laughs> it was not bad. It Mostly was not bad. it was me rambling. Yes, and that's okay. You can do whatever you want to do. Yep. At least I'm not like one of these people that goes on TikTok and tries to dance because literally these people cannot dance. That's why they're dancing on TikTok. And, uh, yeah, no, I'm not going to be doing that because I already know I can't dance, and I'm sure it's not going not gonna to subject myself to the embarrassment of dancing on TikTok. Right. <laughs> my rambling will be enough. You're hearing my rambling here live tonight, and uh, – it's about the same, if not worse, on uh, on um, TikTok. TikTok. Oh, except for the, my other video where I just feature the dinner I cooked, because that's exciting too. Yes. Um, yeah. Absolutely. God. Yep. <laughs> All right. Okay. So congratulations to Will, uh, who won in the playoffs there, and uh, yeah, Edmonton win- or Montreal wins the virtual Grey Cup. And I'm just hoping now that this will be like the last time ever we're going to have to predict um, uh, football games that are being decided by rolling dice. Uh, 
Um, as much fun as it's been, I prefer to pick actual football games, but we'll see what what happens here. And, uh, yeah, we're going to at least get to do that coming up here in a few weeks. Well, six weeks, I think it is now, till about kickoff. But it can't get here soon enough. Is it August yet? All right, so let's go on with the agenda now. Um, where did we go here? I got to shut down here. Oh, there we go. All right. So, yeah, I, and I also want to thank you, Will, for uh, adding my TikTok video into the group chat so that anyone that hasn't seen it has a chance to do that or anyone <laughs> in that chat there. <laughs> no problem. Yeah. All right. So, uh, finally, it's official. We've been actually talking about this for, it seems like forever we've brought this topic up. We've talked about it over and over again, but... Single game, single event sports gambling is now legal in Canada. Bill C-218, which seems to have been bouncing around through the government for, God, as long as I can remember, has finally passed. And it is now legal to go off and bet on a single sporting event in Canada. So many people who have connected with the Canadian Football League are calling this a game changer. I saw one guy... Um, said this was as significant for the league as when TV started showing football games back in the 1950s. So what is the biggest advantage now to the CFL um, having single-game betting. What do you guys think it is? Interest in the game. Yep. That's kind of time interest in the game. Yep. Well, because we know that in... Go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead, Charles. All right. No, I was just saying that you know that... um, Now it's silent. Go ahead, Will. I'll yeah, go ahead, Charles. Yep, I'll listen to you. <laughs> oh, my Lord. Okay, I'll go first. How does that sound? Yes. yes. You know what? Idea. Sounds good. I, I, think it, I, I think it attracts a whole different uh, bunch of people, although they may be degenerate gamblers. Any people is great for the CFL, okay? Yep. And uh, it's going gonna, it's gonna to make them watch it more. And... Uh, we might see a tendency increase, and, and, hey, whatever brings it in. Because I know there's a lot of young guys who bet on the NFL, okay? and A lot. There seems to be a whole bunch of them, and they're not really, they're not really football fans per se, but the reason they watch the games is because of the betting. And, hey, mm-hmm. if we can do that a little bit with the CFL, hey, why not? I mean, I won't bet on games, but... A lot of other people, mind you, you never know. I might bet on games because it's the CFL, mm-hmm. and I think I know the CFL better than I know the uh, NFL. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, there you go. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. Mark, what do you think? Mark, are you on mute? I don't have a thought. He doesn't have a thought. I am on mute. I was there you just go. Talking. <laughs> okay. Um, well, you are right. Uh, 
the the gambling is big on this. Th- this is the kind of thing like I'm heading to the game. Hmm. I just heard that Galaro's concussion earlier and he's not playing tonight. Ding, I'm getting on that betting line right now. That's the where it'll open up things. Is that kind of stuff. So you will get a ton more interest on stuff like like from all across Canada of people who would never follow the CFL because they don't know enough about it and they don't really care. They're gamblers. But now it's like, hey, shit, those are good-looking odds. I'm going to take that. What the hell? But the serious gamblers know everything about every single player on the team. Yeah. One of my mm-hmm. nephews yeah. One of my nephews does sports gambling. He loves betting on the NFL. He knows everything about every single player on every team that he follows that he's going to bet on. He researches Mm -hmm. them nonstop. So it's full interest. And with that interest comes money. With that interest comes money. So, you know, the CFL, I think, gets a cut from the gambling stuff. So it's more money coming in. And it makes us look like a real, real professional football league now. We're getting there anyway. Mm-hmm. A lot of that kind of stuff will help. I agree. Yeah. And it's the perfect now, time because every game is going to be a coin flip at the start of the season. Yep. Yes, on paper, there's three teams, maybe four, that look really good and a couple of teams that look really bad. But how the hell do we know? Nobody's played for a year and a half. Yep. <laughs> Go ahead. And one of the things that people have been critical about uh, for the BC Lions, or BC Lions, for the CFL in general, is losing the young crowd, the younger crowd. Well, I know uh, for a fact that a lot of the younger crowd like to bet on games. They like to bet on pretty much any sporting event, be it football, UFC, hockey. It doesn't matter. NFL is – betting on the NFL is a billion-dollar-a-year industry. It really is. So um, it gets the interest of the younger people, uh, which I think can be helpful. Uh, so it's really uh, one of those ones that uh, – it has a bunch of different uh, avenues there. I don't know about licensing, whether or not they're going to be able to, um, um, you know, if they're going to be able to get in on licensing. Although I would imagine that's something they're going to explore. Uh, so there's, I think, a lot of different um, avenues here that will be advantageous to the CFL, and I think it could help. Um now, one thing I'm just wondering is if they're going to allow to do be allowed to do prop betting, because I know that's even gotten more and more, um, more and more um, big Probably. as we've gone along. Being prop bets, especially during big games like the Super Bowl, you can bet on how long the national anthem is going to be. You can bet on whether or not the first play of the game will be a run or a pass. Stuff like that. There are literally hundreds of prop bets that you can do for a football game. And I know, like I said, in the NFL, in the Super Bowl, 
that's huge. They're putting the prop bets out weeks before the game so you can gamble on it. I would like to see the CFL do the same thing because it's just going to generate that much more interest. And if now you you have a single game betting allowed, you can bet. I wouldn't be surprised if you're going to start seeing sports books popping up in all the different casinos. They weren't allowed to do that before. You walk into any casino down in the United States, especially down in Vegas, you're going to find a sports book where you can walk in and place a bet on a sporting event. You haven't been able to do that in Canada because single-game betting has been illegal, but I'll bet you any money you're going to start seeing that in casinos in Canada now because that's just another revenue stream for them. And they have a lot of revenue they need to make up for from the last year and a half. Exactly. So yes, they do. Uh, yeah. So no, there's a way for them to do it. Ca- I don't know about anywhere else, but our casinos aren't even open still. They haven't been no, open ours, since the pandemic started. Neither have ours, but ours are opening next Wednesday, I believe. On Canada, no, next Thursday, Canada Day, uh, when BC goes to what to what they call Stage Three, which starts next. Yeah, next on Canada Day. I think casinos here maybe in August. Mm-hmm. That's when the next set of restrictions are supposed to be lifted is August. So there's going to be a lot of pent-up gamblers, too. I know there's so much online now, but there's also everybody that loves going to casinos. Yep. Online is one thing, but it's not the same as doing it in person. Yeah. No. Yeah. Especially for degenerates. Um. <laughs> yeah. All right. So that's a good thing. Uh, I'm going to be interested to see what kind of uh, interest that seems to generate for the league. So we'll move on now. So we've had actually a couple of uh, significant retirements in the past week with some uh, CFL veterans, probably the biggest of which was Brad Sinopoli, the all-star receiver from Ottawa who uh, has been one of the top receivers uh, for several years, broke into the CFL actually as a quarterback with the Calgary Stampeders back in 2012. uh, Ottawa turned him into a receiver, and actually I believe he started as a receiver with Calgary. And then uh, the guy became one of the best receivers in the league. The guy was an amazing receiver, but he has now uh, announced his retirement from uh, football from the CFL. Uh, he's moving on. Uh, he had four straight thousand-yard rece- uh, receiving years. So, uh, a guy that um, basically um, started in one position, moved to a number of the one, and excelled at it. Uh, Will, you probably saw him when he was in Calgary with the Stampeders. He ne- was he ever a receiver with the Stampeders or strictly a quarterback? Did he not become a Receiver no, no. after he left Calgary. No, no, he was a receiver in Calgary. They drafted him as a quarterback, and within the first year, they were converting him to receiver. He got his start in Calgary, and after three years, like so many other top draft picks do, they go back to their hometown. And mm-hmm. once he got to Ottawa, once he got to Ottawa, that's where he really took off. Okay, mm-hmm. I would say he was probably a off the off the bench receiver in, in Calgary because they did have a lot of great receivers at the time he was here. 
But once he got to Ottawa, that's where he started to make his real big bones. Yeah, I, I tend to wonder. I tend to wonder how many more of these retirements we're going to see before the start of the season. Because I, I think, you know, guys didn't announce it in the beginning because they weren't sure it was going to happen. And now, you know, the rubber meets the road. And it's like, hey, I really enjoyed spending all that time with my family. Maybe some of them have jobs that they can't get out of. Or or if they get out of them, they want, can't go back to them. So I, I, I think we're going to see more guys retiring. But we will see. Yep. I mean, a guy like Greg Knopfley, he's been around for nine years. He's been around for nine years. He He's made his career. And yep. uh, we'll see. I'll be curious to know. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I know what you mean. Uh, you're right. He was a receiver uh, in Calgary. 2013, 34 catches for 417 yards, no touchdowns. 2014, only 15 catches for 133 yards, two touchdowns. Then he goes to Ottawa, and in his first year in Ottawa, 86 catches for 1,035 yards. So you're right. He went to yep. Ottawa, and then he just took off, basically. Uh, what was the most touchdowns he had? That was the one thing I was just looking at his stats, and he was not a big touchdown producer. His career high for touchdowns in the season was four, and he did that twice in 2016 and in 2018. I'm actually not surprised about that because he was the second and long. He was always that second and long receiver when you needed that first down. He was the one that went out and got it. Well, yeah, Yeah. he was always a possession guy for sure. Okay. Yeah. Well, and you have that's not a knock at him at all. That's you need guys mm-hmm. like that. You can have a massive career like you did. Yeah, yep. You have to have those. Well, guys. no, I mean, and I mean, they had Ellingson in the end zone. That's who scored most of the touchdowns, yeah. right? Yeah. So. Yeah, he wasn't the go-to yeah. um, red zone receiver. That's for sure. I mean, Brad Sinopoli was a great receiver. I think he'll be in the Hall of Fame. Okay. Yep. And yep. once again, once again, oh, he, he's, he's Canadian, a, so I'm not surprised if he's first ballot because he's Canadian. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. So I agree. It, even if he doesn't get in, like technically, on his skills as a receiver, he gets in yeah. on his skills as a receiver as a Canadian on first ballot because well, no, he's never played. I, I think he's up there with all the great Canadians. To be honest with you, oh yeah, I agree. Mean, oh, yeah. Uh, he, was, yeah. he was not a slouch whatsoever. So he's a well, two-time most he... outstanding Canadian. Yep. I'm assuming as a college quarterback, he probably was a quarterback in junior or high school and pee wee and everything else. So he didn't really yep. play receiver until. And this goes back to Calgary and their systems and their coaching. Calgary turned him into a receiver. Yes, they did. They literally took a quarterback and turned him into a receiver. And he couldn't have had much experience as a receiver. There's no way. No, he had no. No. He had none. That's true. I think he's first ballot. Forget, guys. He's... uh... He was in. Did he win two Grey Cup rings, or he was in two Grey Cups? He was in. Yeah, two no, he cups. won. No, he won two Grey Cups. He won a Grey Cup, I guess, That's as right. a backup with the Stampeders in 102nd yep. Grey Cup. So that would have been 
I guess, uh, what year would that have been? Oh, well, yeah. I guess 2012. No, not 2012, 2013. 2014 is when the Great Cup. No, no, 2014 the Stamps won the Great Cup. That's right, that was here. And you know what? He does get a Great Cup, although he did not play in the playoffs that year. He was injured. He's still listed as a Grey Cup champion for that year because he was on the yeah. team. And then he won the Grey yeah. Cup with Ottawa in 2016. And, in fact, was the outstanding Canadian in the Grey Cup game in 2016. Yeah. So, hey. Yeah, no, like I said, he was a, he was a good – he was a great, great Canadian player. No doubt about it. So. Uh... Yes, he was. You know, what was there like five retirees this week? Uh, yeah, I think so. There's, five retirees. Derek Dennis. Name, I, think. I know he said he didn't retire. He's not retiring. He's going to come back next year. Derek Dennis has done it in the CFL. Yeah, that that was actually he's, my he's next. Dead. That was next on the agenda, so we can go to this yeah. that way. I mean, you're well, right, Derek Dennis. He's saying, I'm going to come back. No, you're not. I don't buy that. I'll believe it when I see it. Uh, the guy's he, as it is, he's probably right at the end of his, uh, end of his shelf life as a, as a CFL player. And if he, he, obviously, there was no season last year. He didn't play. He's saying he's not going to play this year. You don't just miss two years and just walk right back in. It doesn't work like that. Especially well, when I didn't realize how low his salary was. So he's already on the low end of the salary, so they're going to bring in somebody 10 to 15 years younger. So, maybe, maybe, yeah. maybe, his, maybe his hip-hop clothing line took off in Saskatchewan, and uh, he doesn't have well, to be a football okay player anymore. Because, you know, I hope everything's okay. What was that? I hope everything's okay with him because he did mention he needs to take care of his family. So I hope everything in that way is okay. Yeah, and, and, to... and I was, I was also thinking there might be something wrong with somebody in his family, and maybe that's why he's doing it. Um, one of the other things that that we haven't mentioned and we could talk about a little bit within the Derek Dennis thing is, I wonder if some guys are gonna come back and not be in very good shape. Oh, yeah. You know that. And, uh, yeah, is, I, is my that, guess would be yes. Is that, is that going to cost some starters their jobs? Well, it's, it maybe. is if you've got some young player who's hungry to make a, to make a spot and goes out and outplays right. them in training camp. Yeah, sure, it could. They were talking to the bomber trainer about that. They had Bomber trainer. Yeah. There was actually an article in the paper the, the other day about it. And he said he has no idea what he's going to get. He said all he knows is he's going to basically need about 10 staff because <laughs> there's going to be injuries everywhere because of how the season's going to start. Yep. Without the preseason games and everything else. These guys have been sitting around. He doesn't know the shape they're in. So there's going to be a lot of injuries. So it'll be interesting to see. Right. Yeah, it will be. It will be. Yep. You know. That's why this season I mean, is going to be wide open, I think. Well, and it's going to be it's going to be bad for some in some ways and it'll be for some players. 
and it's going to be good in other ways for other players. Mm-hmm. Because because you know the guys that were often injured, maybe they'll come back in in not as injured, and they'll be more recovered. You know, you think about we keep on talking about that Kolaris get could get one hit and be out, but you know what? Maybe two years away from getting hits made a huge difference for him. Who knows? Sure. Who knows? It'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see. It really will be interesting they, to see. And one of the hardest hitters in the CFL just retired too. With Loeffler gone. Yeah, Taylor Loeffler. Did I he think retire? That injury, so. He did. He did. Yes, he did. Was he, that was another was he signed with anybody? Was he signed with anybody or not? I'm not sure if he was a free agent with, or if he was still with Montreal, because that's who he finished the season with, was Montreal. Yeah, he did. Right. And I think the injuries just, his knee is screwed up. It's the same, all the same problems he had in college. So he may right. have gone, you know, but in the last year and a half, I have now got my next job to go to. It's time. Because he's still young. Yeah. 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 He's been in the league, and, what, four years? Uh, five years maybe now. Oh, Charles, yeah. when was that playoff game in B.C.? The last playoff game, game, that was 2016. And that was his rookie year. So, yeah, this would have been his fifth yeah, so year. So four years. This would have been year five. Yeah. Yep. But he had such bad knees. Yep. So, but... You know, I hate, and I know we've—I've had this argument with Christopher since that Loeffler hit. I love watching guys that hit like that. I really do. That's football, and I know they're trying to take it out of the game, but that's the kind of thing that you you see on replays forever. So it's true. You see the guy that young go out. Um, because and I say it's probably because of injuries. I'm not surprised if it is, and, or he just saw the writing on the wall. If he's a free agent and just went screw it, I'm on to the next chapter. Yeah, could be. But you know, aside from the Vanny hit, he laid out a few other hits that were just. Oh epic. yeah, he did. Yep. When, when he hit you, it was like you were getting hit by a brick. Yep. <laughs> They weren't all late well, cheap shots like the one he laid on Manny. Well, I was just going to say, how hard is it to I'm bend just, a face mask? I'm just stepping in for uh, CJ because, you know, yes, I'm not here. But how hard is it to bend one of those face masks? It's and not hard. And that face mask of Manny. So. <laughs> it's prob- I don't think it's as hard as you think it is. No, it's not hard. It's not hard. No? No. No. But they're not like super when I was, strong. When I when I was when I was in high school and we were taught to lead with our face, we used to bend face masks on a regular basis. So they're yeah, not but hard will to bend. you wear winter helmets? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's <laughs> way before my time too, buddy. No, I, if I, I had a worn a, if I had a worn a leather helmet without a mask, I wouldn't be as pretty as I am. So. Um, <laughs> Trust me. Um, yeah, but yeah, I'm curious to see what's going to happen in the next couple of weeks because I think more guys are going to retire. 
because they just, you know what, they've been around been at home for two years, and a lot of them are probably established, and they probably don't mm-hmm. want to leave it. Who knows? It just depends on how yep. much they love football and if they have a decent contract and so on and so forth. You know what I mean? Yep. So. Okay. Moving on, Charles. I'm moving on. Uh, Well, we covered Brad Snopoli, and we've talked about Derek Dennis, so we're pretty much going to go on. And from from a couple guys leaving the CFL to uh, another guy coming back, Javon Katoy, who had a pretty decent um, rookie season with the Lions, is coming back. He was down trying out in the NFL. But he is coming back, and I'm actually happy about this because I think this guy could be a uh, legit top-level receiver. He's got the size. He's got the strength. And he showed in his rookie year – that he's got, he's got um, some some uh, talent in him. Uh, he didn't have a lot of playing time in 2019. He had 38 catches for 386 yards and a touchdown. That's pretty solid production for a rookie. He was actually the, the Lions' uh, nominee for most outstanding rookie. This guy uh, has got strength. I'm excited to see him because he's got probably got two more years of muscle put on him because he was just basically a kid out of junior uh, in 2019. So he's matured. He's been down doing some uh, work in the NFL or workouts in the NFL. Looks like he's not catching on there. He's re-signed with BC, and he's coming in. So I'm actually excited to see what this guy's going to be like this year because I think he could be a guy that is a breakout guy this year for the Lions. He he had he got his feet wet in 2019 in his rookie year. This is a guy who I'm looking to to have a breakout year this year. Personally, what do you guys think? Anybody? Go ahead, Bill. I have no clue who this guy is. Okay, <laughs> he had three. He had 345 yards receiving the year he played in BC. Um. <laughs> So yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to, you know, Charles knows him better. He thinks he could have a breakout year. So hey, what the heck? Let's see if he has a breakout year. Well, the thing is, I also saw this guy play in uh, junior. He played for the Lang- Langley Rams uh, in this uh, Canadian Junior Football League, and he was a top guy there. He had 657 yards. That uh, in junior football, that's actually pretty pretty solid production. Now I know junior. It's a far step from being a junior than going uh, to the CFL. But that, that was his last season in junior. And then in the playoffs in junior, in four games, he had 645 yards receiving in four games, playoff games. So he almost had as much many receiving yards in the playoffs in four games than he had in a 10-game regular season. So – He's got the uh, potential there. Uh, Mark, do you know uh, have any comments on this? No, I do know who he is. I've heard of him, and yeah, he is. Looks like he's you're going ahead to be of, a good You're receiver. ahead of Will, then. <laughs> the biggest problem, though, with a lot of these young guys coming up, especially in BC, is Michael, as he wants to be known now. 
Michael Riley. Michael Riley. I don't know. Michael Riley has one key receiver. Who is the first guy he's going to look to every single time? Brian Burnham. Brian Burnham. Yeah. Well, and and you know what? This this Javon guy, maybe he'll do well this year because don't forget, the last time he played for BC, Mike Riley got sacked 47,000 times that year. Okay, so if Mike Riley is up for half those times this year, maybe he gets to throw more balls. You never know. Mm-hmm. William, it's Michael. Yeah. William, it's Michael Riley. That's what he would like to be known as now. Mm-hmm. Serious. Oh, is that right? Is he, has he got more mature or something? That was legitimately a story today. He I wants don't know where to that's be called. Michael. 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 Did he actually Michael. announce that? Yes. Yes. And why? Didn't say. <laughs> Your guess is as good as mine. I found this weird. <laughs> does Michael go better? Does Michael go better with the goofy hat stick that he's doing, or what? Maybe. Is that what it is? Maybe he thinks if he goes under a somewhat different name the defensive line that's going to walk through the BC offensive line again like the last time they played. Well, they won't know who he is, so they won't hit him as hard. I don't know. It's a different one. Yeah. I, I, heard, I heard about that today. I'm like, what the frick difference does it make? Who cares? Whether you're Michael or you're Mike, what's, different? what's the difference? Well, the best comments I saw about that the best comment I saw about that was somebody tweeted out, at least it's easier to figure out than when Ralph became Dieter. It's easier to say. Through that. Through that. <laughs> but on the other hand, like like he's been known as Mike Riley for how many years now? <laughs> yeah. Is this kind of like, is this kind of like when Prince na- changed his name to a symbol? Maybe that's it. Maybe that's it. You never know. You never know. It was just I just maybe heard that and I just thought that was really strange. Maybe he's had too much time on his hands in the last two What? Well uh, he didn't get cut out again, did he? Uh it sounds like it no, he I said just disappeared. Maybe, maybe Oh Hello. Can yeah, we can hear you go on. Maybe yep, he's go got ahead. too much time. Maybe he's got too much time on his hands, and that's all he could come up with. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see because Burnham takes a lot of the catches, and there's a lot of other. There's all these good receivers on BC. There's always a bunch of good receivers on BC, but it all yep. goes to Burnham. So, be interesting to watch. I do like the kid, though. I do, too. Yep. And he's big. All right. Well, I think we've uh, done enough on Javon Kitoy right now, so I'm personally just happy to see him back. So, all right, moving on. Um previewing here uh, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers as we head into the season. 
they're bringing back a whole lot, in fact, a majority of their, um, a majority of their Grey Cup team. In fact, they've had very little turnover. So are they still built to win the Grey Cup and go back-to-back? I feel like, Mark, being in Winnipeg, this is kind of your area of expertise. What do you think? Are they are they built to go win the Cup again this year? You know, I could go full homer and say, oh, yeah, they, they are built to win the Cup because they've only – I think they've lost four players from the Grey Cup team. But that's on paper. Anything can happen. Um especially with the way the season's going to start and the, all the shortened season, no exhibition games. It'll be interesting to watch because I think everybody's on an even keel except for maybe two teams. But uh, on paper, they look very good again. The big loss is Brandon Alexander in the defensive backfield. Uh, they did bring in Josh Johnson, but – Alexander was kind of taking over the team as a leader, so it'll be interesting to see how they deal with that. And the other big question is Buck Pierce. I'm really curious to see what kind of offense he runs. Uh, otherwise, really, their their losses are like, you know, if you're a Bomber fan, you have to have a whole bunch of tanks about because we no longer have the greatest puncher in the history of the CFL. Yep. And yes, I'm, yes, I'm being sarcastic, but a lot of Bomber fans are super worried because we don't have Medlock. Yeah, but Bruce Ruoff retired 50 years ago, Mark. Exactly. And so did Trevor Kennard, and so did Bob Cameron. Uh, we all and we lost our long snapper, so we had to go and hire another minimum wage. Are you, are you hold, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on? I, I thought Winnipeg fans were were football fans, and you're telling me they're worried about their punter, their kicker, their really? There's always a really? segment of cheerleader fans. Really? Will. He's a, There's he's always a segment. He's a kicker. There's always he's not even a considered statement. a football player. Will <laughs> doesn't even think of kickers. I know. Like, Except that the really, CFL really? kicking is yeah, but it is the CFL, so kicking is a pretty important job. But new no, headline: Bombers won't win the Grey Cup because of their <laughs> kicker. Really? <laughs> it's cheerleader fans that don't they they follow it when the team's doing really well kind of thing. And they're new fans. There's a lot of it too. But no, we haven't lost, the Bombers haven't lost a lot of big name players. And the guys that they did lose, they've had other guys that can step right in because they played anyway last year. Like on the O-line, we lost Couture. And that sounds really bad. Except we have his backup who actually started in the Grey Cup. And he started, I believe, in the Western final as well. And nobody got through. He didn't give up one sack on, from his play. So, yeah, I think we're okay there. So, um, but I'll expand on it a bit since we have time. Um, I think there's three good teams. 
on paper. Like top teams right now, to me on paper, are Winnipeg, Saskatchewan, and Hamilton. After that, and but it's all on paper. But yeah, no, I think Winnipeg should be good out of the start because they all know each other. They've all played together for a few years now. Biggest question mark is Buck Pierce as an offensive coordinator. I'm really curious to see if he goes with his style of play. Go ahead, William. Well, I think you missed a couple of key things, okay? The first thing I think you missed is um, when you win the Grey Cup, you have to get better the next year. I don't think they've added enough guys to get better and also understand every single team is coming at you harder in every game. Mm-hmm. And, and they want to beat the champion. And I think the biggest, the biggest thing you missed, and as much as I, I didn't give them that much credit, I think losing Chris Strebler is fucking huge because he was he was the difference maker. He he was the guy who put everybody off guard, okay? You didn't know what he was gonna do and you couldn't stop him. Well okay? he beat the shit when you hit him. Even even when he was injured, you couldn't stop him. And I think that's another huge thing. Um, and once again, the question mark is, and I mean with every team, but how, what are they going to do if Caleros gets hurt? Because yep. how, how many, do you know how many, uh, how many quarterbacks they've invited to camp? Not sure. They haven't released any of that stuff that I've seen. The only quarterback they okay, have under because, contract is McGuire. Sean McGuire right, because don't, for, don't forget, don't forget every team is only carrying two quarterbacks on their active roster this year. Okay. Yep. So, so that means you have to bring a third guy in. You have to put him on your practice roster and you've got to pay him some good dollars. Okay. To stick around. And uh, mm-hmm. it'll be, it'll be, it'll be pretty interesting, but I mean, you know what? I, I think one of the things the Bombers have done in the last four or five years is they've established themselves. Mike uh, Mike O'Shea has established a a very good a very good community around his team and within his team, and guys actually want to stay in Winnipeg now, and that makes a huge difference. But I mean, if you could. If you could bottle that chemistry that makes a championship team, you'd be a rich guy. So you never know, you know, just the little mistakes or the little changes this year, if that'll make a difference. And I think you are right, Mark. I mean, replacing uh, Paul Lapalusa with Buck Pierce is huge because Paul Lapalusa has been doing this for a long, long, long time. Okay? And he's got a lot of things going for him. And, And I've always liked him as a coach. And and I think Buck Pierce will do just as well, but I don't know if he's if it'll come as quick. You know what I mean? So it really depends. But like like I said, the, the nice thing about the CFL, these are all the things that we're going to get to follow and look at for the next uh, you know sixteen or eighteen weeks. Which which since we didn't get to do it last year, 
and it'll make our podcast a lot more interesting. Don't you think? Well, we probably won't have to have a segment where we just bait turf and real grass. So um, that's always we a good thing didn't not do to that have. This year, this year we you, didn't. Charles. Yeah. Credit to you, Charles, because we actually didn't uh, do that. With I wanted to find season. anything other than that. <laughs> with the COVID season, and we didn't have turf versus grass. That's true. So, uh, yeah. And, you know, the other thing is we uh, probably won't have to talk about kickers very much, okay, because there will be more interesting things to talk about. And That's probably true. You know, we'll only have to mention Marcus Crandall once a show, about six or eight which times. Now, show, which you've now I mean? just done. Yes, I did that on purpose. Did you get that, Charles? You, you caught Of course, that, yep, yep. So there you go. Anyways, what do you think about Well, you kind of hit the nail on the head, I thought, Will, because uh, Mark couldn't bring it up, and if you hadn't brought it up, I was going to. The Bombers' season, in my belief, will rise and fall based on whether or not Zach Kolaris can stay healthy. When he came in at the end of last season, uh, he was able to do that um, after starting the season where he didn't even get out of the first drive. So that's the important part because Strebler's not there anymore. And who was it? Sean McGuire, you said, was um, the backup. Uh, I'm not sure how good he is, but um, I'm not going to uh, be – if I'm a – if I'm a Bombers fan, I'm not going to be super excited if he ends up having to be the starter. Or maybe he'll be one of those guys that shows up and uh, and becomes like an overnight sensation, but you can't count on that. There's no Strebler anymore. So who is the guy that um, if Kolaris goes down, who's going to emerge? So that's the big thing. You've got to keep that uh, him healthy. That's the most important thing in my estimation. Um, and I'm also with you a bit, Mark, on what kind of offense Buck Pierce puts uh, into uh, into practice for the Bombers. So that's uh, another one that's really a big question, Mark. So, um, yeah, those are my biggest ones. They have brought back a majority of their Grey Cup team, which I think is a smart thing. But Will's right. Once you win the Grey Cup, you become the target. You become the measuring stick. And we've talked about this before. You're the one that everyone is trying to knock off because you want to say we want to uh, knock off the champs. So, yeah, so it's going to be very tough. You do have to get better. Uh, Will's right. So if that's why you don't see teams – a lot of teams repeat because uh, you have to get better, and oftentimes teams that win championships will get worse because other teams try and pick from them, and it takes them away. So we'll see whether or not uh, they've made enough changes or they uh, have enough um, enough to get back over the top again. It's going to be tough for them. It's always tough for, uh, I think, any team to uh, repeat. So I'm interested to see what they can do. I still think they're going to be a very good team. 
because they've got very good players. But I want to see um, how this is going to work out for them. Because like I said, once you become the champion, everyone guns for you. You know, it's funny how stories happen during seasons. Now, I was just thinking about this when you were talking, Charles. Just imagine, just imagine if Zach Kolaris made it through six or seven games in Saskatchewan last year. They would have never traded him to Winnipeg. We would have never heard about Cody Fajardo. He would just be the same useless backup he always was. And it would be a whole dynamic to the end of the last season. If you think about it. So you see how those, those, those things line up and it's just amazing how it turned out. Right. I mean, when, when Zach Kolaris was laying on the field at the first game of the season, did anybody think he was going to be the quarterback in Winnipeg and win the great cup? No, we probably all thought his career was over at that point. I think at that point we were begging him to retire. Yes. And I just love how, these stories are created and they're pretty cool. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's well, we saw you know, that Winnipeg. one it set off a train a chain reaction. Yep. Absolutely. Who would have ever seen Winnipeg picking up Zach Caleros at any time? Yeah, well, and that's the thing I was going to correct you on there, Will, because they, Saskatchewan didn't actually, if you remember, Saskatchewan didn't actually trade him to Winnipeg. They traded him to Toronto, and then Toronto traded him to Winnipeg. Oh, really? Yes. Initially, yeah. he got traded to Toronto, and then they went through and traded him to Winnipeg. Right. Yeah. He never actually played for Toronto. Nope. Nope. But yeah, it's, it's funny how it worked out. Because of because Zach Claris got hurt, Cody Fajardo got a chance. Winnipeg was able to get Zach Claris, and he won the Grey Cup. Like, wow, that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. That's pretty freaking cool. And. Winnipeg finds a middle linebacker that's a quarterback. Say that again. Winnipeg found a middle linebacker that played quarterback. Strebler. Yeah. Right, I guess so. Did he play did he play well, he middle linebacker middle... in college? No. No, but the way he hit people. Uh, he just, just, the, the size of him, yeah. That's the true. way he hit people. The way he hit people. Yeah, you look That's at true. the Grey Cup game, the Grey Cup game especially. He beat the shit out of Hamilton's defensive line. He did it to Calgary. Yeah. He did it to. He didn't do it to Saskatchewan, but he did it to Mark, Calgary and Mark, destroyed Hamilton. Mark, I think the two thousand pounds of offensive line in front of him had a lot to do with that too. Okay. <laughs> Except he was, it's not like he was running around the corner. He's going up the middle. No, no, so I realize that. Everybody. I realize that, but, 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 but he was a lot bigger when he had 300-pound guys in front of him, okay? Let's face it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 
And that's the other thing with the Bombers coming this year is the O-line is the exact same from the Grey yeah. Cup game. That's important. That that's, is very that's that is that. extremely important. Especially you know, when you and, have Caleros as your quarterback. And, and Andrew Harris has had two years to fill his body up with stuff and then get rid of it before the season starts. So <laughs> I've been waiting he could for that be, one. He could, be, he could be the next Jerome Bettis this year, okay? <laughs> the bus running down the field and nobody can stop here. <laughs> and, see, you brought it up, Will. Uh, the, the steroid stuff aside... That helps. Caleros has one of the best, if not the best, offensive line in the CFL on paper. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. He's also got Andrew Harris in the backfield. Yes. Yep. If, but, if Pierce goes with the same kind of football that Lapalise had, because that is bomber football, you know it's going to be run heavy. Yeah. So Caleros stays up easily that way. Yeah, but once again, all it takes, and it doesn't take a Jack Tatum hit for Calaris to go out. You know what I mean? Oh, no. No. Mind you, mind you, at the end of the season in 2019, I don't know where he got that helmet, but it looked like a Volkswagen Beetle on his head. Okay, it was so freaking big. It kind of reminded me of Kazoo. But I guess that was all to protect his noodle, okay? Kazoo from the Jetsons? There you go. Yes. And the Flintstones. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Because that, that is a big helmet he wears. And I'm like, yeah. more power to you. You should, okay? I mean, uh, but yeah, who knows? Who knows what happens? I just anyway, love that we don't have that one. long to wait. No, that's true. No. That's true. What? And I'm excited about it. Once camp starts in a couple we... weeks, it's going to go even faster. I'm hoping we can go to training camp, but I doubt it. I keep hoping, though. Well, I did read the other day that they're going to have a scrimmage between the Bombers and the Riders. And that they're talking that they're going to sell tickets to it. Oh, yeah, that one in Saskatchewan. That's right. Yeah, oh, that's going to be in Saskatchewan. I wasn't sure where it was going to be. Yeah, that's what I was curious that's in about. Saskatchewan. They have way less restrictions in Saskatchewan than we do here. So, hmm. so and, hey, Mark, if you have, you know, a couple of days off, you and uh, you and Mogi and the Zainwich brothers can all pilot a car and drive out there. And watch the scrimmage. What do you think? I'll head out with Chase. I don't know about heading out uh, with Moggy and Jared, though. No? Okay. I just want to be in that car ride. You do? Well, Chase is easy. Chase hasn't drank in quite a while, so I'm quite okay with driving with him. The other two, not a chance in hell. (laughs) <laughs> well, you can, you can go with Chase in one car. The other two can go in the other car. You guys can race each other. Oh, yeah. The other two figure Chase, out the way to get there. Are you telling me Chase is giving up drinking? Is that what you're telling me? I am. Oh, okay. How would you know that? Are you good? Are you good buddies or not? 
not good buddies with him, but I talk to him every so often, and I run into him. Oh, do you? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Cool. Well, hey, more power to him. But uh, we are talking about, I am talking about going to the Labor Day game. Are you? On a bus. Okay. Uh, the, on yeah, a the bus. bus tour guys are start, yeah, the bus tour guys are starting up again. Ah, cool. Yeah. Hmm. That's what I'm saying. We don't really have a, in BC, we don't have like a really clo- a close enough drivable. I mean, I've driven to Calgary to see games, but I mean, it's a long, long friggin' drive. Like, what is the drive from, like, Winnipeg to Regina? How long does that take? Six hours. Eight hours? Yeah, six to eight, eight hours. Eight hours? Yeah, 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 well, yeah. We're about no, it's, 12 it's actually, hours to drive to Calgary. It's actually, it's actually six hours, Mark. Is it six hours? I don't know. I, yeah, I've only gone there a couple of times. So. It's, four, it's 14 from Calgary, and it's eight to Regina. So, yeah. Okay. So, I've driven it many, 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 many times. Okay. <laughs> that is the crappy you, thing you for Mark Charles. You know, do you know how many cigarettes you can smoke in 14 hours on the highway, Mark? It's amazing. <laughs> oh, I yeah. broke world oh, yeah. records. I broke yeah. world records. Trust me. Uh, that is the shitty thing for you, Charles, is there's no natural rival yeah. for the line. is Close to you. Like, the biggest rivalry you have is really, it's Winnipeg. It's Calgary. Or Calgary. One of the two, yeah, Winnipeg well, or Calgary. I guess and Winnipeg is probably more the fans. Winnipeg's probably more the fans. Yep. Rivalry. Because that's a I good rivalry. I think team-wise, yep. it's probably Calgary. Yeah. And then Labor yep. Day, you get stuck playing Montreal. If we play Labor Day at all, there are a lot of times that's our bye week. Yeah, or you get to play and Montreal, that real national rivalry. Yeah, there's a real rivalry. Montreal <laughs> on the other side of the country. <laughs> Literally know, the furthest team away. A, but I know there's a lot of peggers that live in that live in Vancouver, live in BC as well. So. Oh yeah. Yep. So that might be a natural rivalry for sure. But so far, Calgary is the only city I've actually seen a, a Lions away game in. I've done it twice. Yep. Maybe you have to try again another day. But we'll see. Well, no, I, All right. I can, yeah, I admit it, Charles, the, the big attraction coming to Calgary is that stadium, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, McMahon. I mean, she's, uh, people come far and wide to see that thing. It's kind of like a dinosaur, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Afterwards, you can get a shirt that said, I visited McMahon Stadium and survived. So that's good. There you go. Yep. Yeah. I don't mind it. I like the open-air stadium, but it's uh, it's seen better days. Let's put it that way. Hmm. Huh, a long time ago, too. All right, segment seven. So the Argos are going to be playing, in fact, most of the uh, Ontario teams are going to be starting this season with several road games because of the uh, current restrictions, although the uh, uh, the uh, Ontario just moved up their step 
or phase two or step two or whatever the hell they call it. Uh, it's been moved up to June 30th, and I was reading about it, and it allows for at least 25% capacity for outdoor sporting venues. So they're going to look like have some uh, fans allowed there. But anyways, the Argos are starting with, um, I think they're four, like four road games in a row. Is that really going to put the Eastern teams and the Argos behind the eight ball, having to start with so many road games to start with? Is that really putting them, um, putting them uh, kind of um, back on their heels right from the beginning? What do you think, Will? Well, I think there's, I think there's a good side to this and a bad side. Okay. Now, basically, the Argos have revamped their entire team, okay? I don't – there's not that many people who played there in 2019 left over. And they've got a bunch of seasoned veterans that are going to make up this team, and, and they're quite talented, but it takes some time, of course, for you to jive, Right to see if everybody fits. And I think you'll find out better if they if they if they jive with each other by being on the road together for a while. You know what I mean? Because then there's no then there's no there isn't any outside distractions. You don't have to worry about family. You don't have to worry about all kinds of stuff like that. It might be pretty good for their uh, team uh, for their team uh, concept. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it could hurt them, but I it may help them. You never know. You never know. So, I mean, guys guys that are on the road tend to be closer to each other when they're on the road than they are when yeah. they're in their main in their main city. So, go ahead. Mark, what do you think? Is this going to be a, a really tough uh, one for the Argos? I think it will be tough, but like Will said, there is the bonding that they will do being on the road for so long. Mm-hmm. But it's also being on the road that long. You lose the first, say you lose the first two games of the season on the road, and you still got two more to go. It's It, it gets into your head and everything else, and it it's just tough. I saw what it did to Winnipeg when IGF wasn't ready yet, and they ended up having to go back into the – they played, what was it, eight games on the road to start the season, something like that, because mm-hmm. they had to get the yep. old stadium ready again. So, no, I, it definitely doesn't help, but being at such a new team with the players, this will help them to bond a lot faster. They're not going, like Will said, they're not going home to their wives and their kids, and they're just going to the hotel room, and it's a CFL, so you know that these guys don't get their own room. So they're talking to the same guys over and over and over for a month. Yep. So in, in that way, it will, I think, help the bonding and getting to know how each other is and plays and everything else. So I think that will help, but they can't start at 0-2. If they start the season 0-2, they're in trouble. Mm-hmm. It's just tough when you get stuff like that. Go ahead, Charles. 
Well, here's the other advantage I could see into it. Let's say uh, they start off, and let's say they can play f- at least 500 football uh, uh, on the road in those early games. Well, that means that down the stretch when you're heading towards the playoffs, you're going to probably get a, uh, a cluster of home games, which can be very helpful at that point in the season, especially if you're in a playoff race or trying to uh, win the division and so on. So there's the, there's the upside to it. If you can play well in the early games of the season, then you can uh, use that to your advantage with all of the home games you're going to get coming up. So the thing is to at least play as well as you can, especially if you can, let's say, four games, you play 500, or maybe even go three and one. So, yeah, it's going to be tough being away, but hell, we've all been through tough crap over the last 18 months. So being out playing on the road for a few extra weeks, that's probably something that uh, they'll be able to deal with. So, um yeah, it could be a tough one. I'm not saying it won't be, but I could also see it where if they go out and they get, they have um, a good period there and can at least keep their head above water uh, in terms of their record on the road, they should be able to parlay that into a good situation later in the se- later in the season when they're going to have a bunch of ro- home games to make up for all the road games they started with. So I think that could uh, end up being a blessing in disguise depending on how they start the season. They start the season like uh, 0-4, then they're really behind the eight ball because um, in a short season, We've seen teams that have gotten off to a bad start in the past, you know, 0-3, 0-4, 0-5. The Lions were 1-5 in their Grey Cup year in 2011. That was in an 18-game season. This is only 14 games. So the worse your start is, the less time you have to come back from it. So that's very important. All right, anyone else on this one? Any other comments? No, I'm good. I'm good. All right. So we are going to move on now. Segment eight. And uh, we kind of touched on this a little bit, but how difficult is it going to be for teams going into the season with no preseason games? I've never, we've never had a season like this before that went in with no preseason games, so they're not having any this year. So how is that going to be for teams adapting to that? Uh, is it going to have a big difference? Uh, not much of a difference. What do you guys think? Mark, you start with this one. Sure. Um, I think it is going to have a big difference for the start of the season. Yeah, we always say about the first six games or preseason anyway, really. Mm-hmm. Well, in a shortened season, that's big. You're almost at halfway through the season. season Almost. Yeah, you you know you're kicking halfway through the season, and you're just getting it together. This is really tough on the young kids coming in. 
whether it's the Canadian draft picks or the American kids that they signed as free agents or whatever, this is really tough on them because they don't have a game to show what they can do. This is where teams like Hamilton, Saskatchewan, and Winnipeg do have a bit of a leg up on some of the other teams, especially like Toronto, where these guys have already – the three teams – are basically the same teams from 2019. So these guys already know what the guy beside them is going to do. A team like Toronto or Ottawa, where it's going to be a bunch of new ones, they all have to get used to each other. Look at what happened in BC with the O-line when none of them could get used to each other because it was constantly changing. We saw what happened there if you've got a bunch of new guys coming in on an O-line and there's no preseason, that's going to be tough. It, I hope it doesn't lead to injuries. That's the thing that concerns me. Uh, I just, it's going to be weird. You know, I, I feel bad for the young kids because they've got no chance to take out a veteran in training camp by playing scrimmages you can't tell how the guy is going to do and it's actually somebody trying to hurt you so it'll be interesting go ahead will well i mean i i don't know what amount of hitting is going to happen in the preseason because i know that in the past um you know hitting has been down to limited amounts so that's that's another problem right off the top. And, of course, you probably don't hit your teammates as hard as you would hit other players. That's why I think maybe controlled scrimmages would help against other teams. But, you know, you also jeopardize people getting hurt. So, yeah, you know, like just like we've always said, the first six games are exhibition games. And I think uh, I think you're going to need all six of those games to do anything. I mean, my biggest concern is uh, it's going to be tough for the Stampeders because they're going to have lots of new faces in camp, and they got to get used to these guys. And it's really hard for them. It's going to be really hard for them to jive in the beginning. So with with no preseason, so we'll see what happens. I mean. It is what it is. We still get football back, so I'm willing to give up some things to get football back. But, hey, it'll be interesting. It'll be very interesting, that's for sure. Well, I think, you know, go ahead. I was just reading something kind of on this point that apparently the joint scrimmage between the Riders and the Bombers has been canceled. Uh, the CFL's medical committee is not allowing them to do it because it was not included in the league's health and safety plan. Ah. Just reading that well, now. Wasn't, and, uh, wasn't there other saying, things that we're going to do? That's well? what it's saying now, that it could also affect potential uh, joint practices between Edmonton and Calgary, Ottawa and Montreal, and Toronto and Hamilton. Literally, the Lions were the only ones not having a, a joint practice with anybody because everybody else seemed to be. 
that would happen in a nine-team league. Yep, that's true. There's always going to be the odd man out, and when you're out here alone on the West Coast, you're going to be the odd man out. Yep, but it's saying that the uh, the league's um, the league's medical committee is saying that uh, they are not going to allow that because it was not included as part of the uh, return to play. Um, Referring the play uh, set, uh, rules set out, so it looks like it's not going to happen. That makes sense. Yep. Because I always thought uh, that was kind of weird that these teams were saying, "Oh, well, we'll have a scrimmage against one another." Well, if that's the case, why are you not just going to have a, a preseason game then? Uh, I'm like, if you're going to have a pre, if you're going to have a scrimmage, what's the difference? Yeah, so I'm actually not really surprised at that because I was wondering how they were going to get away with that. Kind of wondered about that when they were talking about it. And I was still concerned about Saskatchewan and Winnipeg having a um, a controlled scrimmage. With those two teams, is anything controlled when they play each other? That was what I was afraid of, too. I'm like, how is that not going to end up in fights? With those two teams? <laughs> Yeah, those two teams hate each other. And the mouse on some of the players? Yeah. So. Yeah, I found that. Uh, I, I wondered about that myself, too. Yep. And I really see Adam Big Hill holding up on a hit. Yeah, no. that was not going not gonna <laughs> to happen. I know they yep. do it in the NFL, but they're also used to doing it in the NFL. They're not used to doing that up here. Yep. And I've seen actually teams in scrimmages in the NFL and they've broken out into fights. Yeah. In fact, that happens pretty regularly. <laughs> well, so much for that then. No scrimmage, apparently. Well, although this was a three down nation report and it said report. So, I mean, I don't know if this is official or whatever. I am always skeptical when I read stuff from Three Down Nation. So, but at least that's what they're reporting. So we'll see how accurate they are on this story. Yep. Yeah. But in terms in general of teams and uh, not playing uh, preseason games, the biggest thing is, I think, injuries. And I th- um, with the lack of preseason game and no real game action now for so many months, I think that's going to result in the uh, uptick of injuries. We generally, at the beginning of most seasons, injuries take an uptick, but um, I think it's going to be even more uh, profound this year because there's, they literally have no game action whatsoever. So uh, it just common sense just says that it's going to be uh, a much more um, – much more injury plague start to the season. All right, anything else on that? I'm good. You good? Okay. Well, let's move on to segment nine. Huh. 
What do you know? Segment nine, bombers and riders discussing joint practices during 2021 training camp. We literally just <laughs> talked about this. We rolled one topic into another. Well, it doesn't look like that's going to happen now. So uh, let's move on. So here's an interesting one. I actually kind of found, uh, I didn't even know this was being done, but apparently there is a Canadian football movie that is being produced. A movie is called Kick. And they've actually are bringing in former NFL quarterback Jake Plummer, who's coming in to play the veteran quarterback of the Hamilton Tiger Cats. I didn't know this was even a thing until I read this article. Have either of you heard anything about this? I saw something about Oh, I read the article. Yeah. It's been bouncing around a little bit for the last few weeks, but I hadn't really paid any attention to it. Will, that has to drive you nuts. A CFL movie called Kick. Kick. <laughs> well, yeah, but well, that's because you get that free you get that free point for the missed field goal, right? Probably. <laughs> I don't know. And how does and how does six two? And I don't know what time period they're going to do it, but how does six two two hundred and fifteen pound uh, Jake Plummer? Played Tommy Clements, who was not six foot two and did not weigh two hundred and fifteen pounds. Was he? Play, is he okay, playing Tom so, Clements? Well, no, but I'm just thinking Clements, quarterback for Hamilton. You know, in the era they're going to be in, I don't know what era they're going to be in, but apparently it's not just a football movie. Apparently, it's a cross between what did the article say? A cross between. Stand by me and some other movie. So it'll be a cross between Rocky and Stand by Me. Yeah, no, no, not Rocky. I said I, I don't know what the other. They, well, that's what the they, article they said. They brought up two movies. Oh, did it? Yeah. Okay. Rocky and Stand by Me. I'm looking at it right now. Okay. And basically, okay. this movie it says here that the movie Kick will center around a group of preteen boys who ador- who adore the Tie Cats a downtrodden team that opens the season 0-7 before mounting an improbable comeback in the standings. Plummer will play the quarterback of the team in a supporting role. And so how does an ex-NFL quarterback play the supporting role? I don't know. He's going to be a Tiger. He's going to be a CFL quarterback. I, I don't know. Because it's centered okay. around the kids. The movie's about the kids. Yes, apparently. Yeah. I just want to see something, because I'm actually curious. How old is Jake Plummer? Uh, he's 40-something. Uh, he's 46. So he's playing a CFL quarterback at 46. Yeah, but he's supposed he to be a grizzled veteran, so. But even most of our grizzled veterans in the CFL are not 46. They're like 37, They're 38. That is correct. It, it's definitely in the early stages. 
yep. because they're targeting certain actors to play some roles. So they haven't even got all their actors in yet. True. And you know what the worst well, thing is? I'll watch it, of course. Of course. I'm actually interested in this. Now, I don't know if this is going to be a, a, a direct-to-video movie, a TV movie, if they're planning to release this in theaters. But, hey, to have an actual movie um, centered around a, um, a CFL team, quite interesting. It's something I don't think we've ever had before. So that could be something that draws more attention to the league. Whether whether the movie's good or not, I don't know. I mean, Jake Plummer is one of the stars who I don't think ever acted before, so we'll kind of have to wait and see how that goes off. Yeah, but he but lived it so he couldn't play a football player. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. No, I'm, inter- I'm actually interested in this. Um, to have the CFL in a... Um, in a prominent role in uh, a, a movie, I'm I am very interested. I'm not going to lie. I'll, like Will said, I'll go see this too. So it'll probably be direct to video, anyways, Charles. So quite likely. Yeah. Tonight on Lifetime. <laughs> yeah. Coming to a DVD shelf near you. <laughs> Interesting. All right, so we've got 15 minutes to go, and how, what do you know? We've reached the end of our agenda. And we got a late start, too. Not too bad, considering so it's only That's true. A couple weeks ago, it was me and Will alone, and we made it to about 9.30. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So let's see. There are a couple other things here. Um, joint practice, we talked about that. Did we talk about um, – well, we talked about a little bit at the beginning about the vaccinated fans at the Bombers games or who's going to be allowed. I don't think they've made any final determination yet from what I've seen. Um, we discussed Taylor Loeffler, Michael Riley. We talked about that a little bit. That's interesting. Um, I still think that's weird. What is going to be next, Mister Michael Riley? Michael Riley? I thought that was reserved. Mister Michael Riley reserved for one player the greatest quarterback in the history of the CFL, Mr. Marcus Crandall. Of course. We almost didn't get his name in. I know we mentioned him earlier. Yeah, we mentioned it earlier. Oh, did all this right, yeah. Yep. Yep. Can't go through life without mentioning him. Come on. Yep. Uh, Chris Rippon was... Um, promoted to special teams coordinator for the Elk following the uh, departure of A.J. Gass. Oh, that Ottawa kid um, that they released, 
he's been uh, he's not being charged with anything. Yeah, that's right. We uh, yeah, well, I think we talked about that last week that he didn't. Yeah. He's not getting charged. So, do you think he's going to be brought back, or is it still just his name alone being associated with this? Um, oh, oh no, no, kind no, of no. rules them out. The Red Blacks are saying they released him because it was just a roster move. It had nothing to do with the charges. Mm-hmm. So okay, sure. Changing their story yeah. pretty quick on. <laughs> Just conveniently. Yeah, amazing that that happened at exactly the same time. What are the odds? Uh, Kenny Stafford is re-signing, has signed in Edmonton after being in Montreal. He's gotten up there, and he's been around for quite a while, hasn't he? Got to be. Close to 10 years, if not more. At least. Didn't he play with Winnipeg for about a week? Did he play with Winnipeg? I think uh, briefly he did. Yeah, for about a week. Yeah. I don't know if he made that trade uh, He's 31. Holy crap, he's played with Calgary, Montreal, Winnipeg, Edmonton, and Saskatchewan. Geez, he's been around for a long time. Been around the league a lot. Kenny he Stafford. started in the CFL in 2013. Okay, so well, it's only eight years. Thought it was a little longer than that, but apparently not. So here's one we can discuss here. Uh, hold on. I'm going to copy this, and then I'm going to send it and put it in the chat. I remember this is what I was going to uh, put into the agenda. I never got around to it because I had put a bunch of other stuff. But we can talk about this now from Three Down Nation, so take it for what it's worth. The CFL's all-time roster for defense, uh, all-time Canadians on defense, which is an interesting roster. They actually did this one pretty good. They've got, uh, as their defensive tackles, Doug Brown, and Dave Dr. Death Fennel. Defensive end, they got Peter Newman and Brett Johnson. Weak side linebacker was Kevin Ivan. Middle linebacker, Michael Shea. Strong side linebacker, Harvey Wiley. Then in the secondary, they've got Davis Sanchez, Bob Simpson, Ed Learn, Larry Robinson. I thought he played defense for the Canadians. <laughs> Paul Bennett. And then for kicker, Will Specialties, you have Dave Ridgway. I'm sorry, I completely disagree with that one. Punter, Bob Cameron. Kick return, return specialist, Paul Bennett. And then Jason Araki as a special teamer. He's one of the best special team players in CFL history. Jason Araki. Anyone see any glaring errors on this list? I know one, or at least in my opinion. Let's hear it. There's no BC Lions fan that's not going to take issue with the with uh, Ridgeway. Bullseye and. This is nothing against Dave Ridgway. 
Dave Ridgway was a great kicker, robo kicker. Lou Pisaglia is the all-time leading scorer in professional football, NFL or CFL. Lou Pisaglia won three Grey Cups. Dave Ridgway won once. Uh, Lou Pisaglia uh, won a great – well, they both won the Grey Cup games with their kicks. But I'm sorry, when you've got a guy that leads pro football – in total points, and you don't put him in that position? What are you talking about? They didn't even put him in the honorable mentions. They had Renee Paraday and Don Sweet. Paraday? Yeah. Sweet, I can see. Paraday? John, okay. fine, Renee Paradis. But Louis Pisaglia is the all-time leading scorer in pro football. He should be the kicker. I'm sorry, Dave Ridgway, and you were a great kicker. I get that. He was a better kicker than you were. He lasted long. I mean, he played for nearly 25 years. And people say, well, that's why he was the all-time leading point getter. No, that's nonsense because he became the all-time points leader in about 1990. He played for 10 years after that. I don't know. I I saw this list, and, I'm, and the list is fine other than that, but I got down to the kicker. Will's head is probably spinning. He's like, why do we care about kickers? But I'm sorry. The guy leads all of pro football in points, and you don't put him as a kicker? I don't get that. John Hodge, I don't get that. Sorry, I'm going to disagree with that. I don't know what you guys think. Sorry, I know what Will thinks. I don't care. I don't know what Mark <laughs> thinks. But personally, uh, I thought that was nuts. No, I agree with In you. My it, it should be. Yeah. I agree with you. It should be Pisaglia. I'm happy yeah. he put in, I'm surprised he put in Paul Bennett for the uh, kick return. For the sit for yeah kick return no yeah. for kick return he he yeah, was interesting to watch as a kick return he yeah. never went sideways he no, never he went, went sideways yeah mm-hmm. he wasn't fast but he got positive yardage on every single one yep and did you read how close his uh, stats are to pinball point three return? yards yeah. And you never hear Paul Bennett's name mentioned no. as a kick returner outside of what a yeah. pick. So. No, that's a good pick. No. They actually have him on this list twice because they also have him in, in the safety position, too. And having Dr. Death in there is a no-brainer. Yeah. Perfect nickname for that guy. <laughs> David Sanchez, I really didn't have a problem with much of any of this, but I, I didn't get the kicker. I just, I, that didn't make sense to me. I know everyone talks about the 89 Grey Cup and uh, winning the winning it on the last, winning the the Grey Cup with that late field goal and so on. Guess what? Louis Pesegli did exactly the same thing in 1994. And that was actually on the last play. So, I mean, come on. All-time leading scorer, played in the league for 25 years. Uh, goes to Dave Ridgway. I don't get it. 
Will, you got any thoughts on this other than the fact that you don't give a damn about kickers? Okay. <laughs> All I have to say. You know what? I, oh. I don't mind. I don't mind who they've picked as Canadians. You know, I... Mike O'Shea, I can't think of a better, better Canadian middle linebacker. I mean, Enoch Mwamba has played close to as long, but um, what about Mike Sam O'Shea Hurl? was an awesome. Mike O'Shea was an awesome line, middle linebacker. Forget <laughs> about nasty. Forget about Canadian or not, Mike O'Shea is one of the best linebackers to ever play in the CFL. Period. I would agree. I would agree. But, uh, Chris Wolfie yeah, said and that. You know have to agree with me. What's that? Say that again? Chris Wolfie said that, so you have to agree with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I guess. But, yeah, so, I mean, yeah, as far as to me, I mean, I don't, I do recognize most of those names, but I couldn't really tell you much about any of them. Paul Bennett, of course, I know. Uh, Dave Fennell, of course, I know. Um, so, you know, and of course, uh, David Sanchez. So, but yeah, interesting. Anyways, yep. to say the least. I'm glad Brett Johnson's on this list because he was a phenomenal uh, defensive end. Yes, he was. Five-time All-Star, West Division All-Star, 277 tackles, 89 sacks. And it's still the only defensive lineman to win most outstanding Canadians. And he won it more than once. All right. Yep. All right, I think we got all of it on this, gone all the way we can on this one. Anything else? Uh, let's see. Um, hmm. So Ottawa, the city staff is in Ottawa. This is just a quick thing I just noticed here. They are now recommending that they demolish the north side stands at TD Place. So they're going to have half a stadium if that's the case. I guess they'll probably so be they might have some, So they might have some sellouts this year then, if they only have half the stadium. Yeah, you never know. Actually, Ottawa's been, for, for attendance, Ottawa, since they came back, they've actually been pretty good. Last year they dropped off yeah. a bit, but, God, I wouldn't have paid money to watch that team either. Nope. Yep. And there it is. Craig Reynolds, the CEO of the uh, Riders, He's the one that says that single-game betting will be the biggest revenue opportunity since television. That might be a little overly dramatic. It could be, but I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. I'm just wondering how they've got to have some sort of plan on how they're going to help monetize it. Maybe they'll have a betting booth at all the games. Come on in and place your bets. Huh. I didn't know that would be a bad idea. Yeah. Why not? Have the betting all right there. Bring people into the stadium. 
I didn't know that Brendan McGuire was writing for Three Down Nation. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he has in the past. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah. Formerly on this show. Yes. Yep. All right. Well, we're down to the last minute 25. We actually got through it again this week with just the three of us. And, hey, we're one step closer to kick off. We're going to be – we're about six weeks right now. So we're getting closer with each and every show. So our show this week was a few days delayed, but we're still here. Uh, So we're down to the final minute. So it's time to sign off for the night and say goodnight. So I'm going to go say goodnight. Uh, Mark, you can start by saying goodnight. Good night, everybody. Talk to you next week. And in honor of CJ not being here, BC sucks. No! Well, you can say good night now. Good night, everybody. And for all you Bomber fans out there, as of tonight, according to the CFL podcast, the Montreal Alouettes are the new reigning champions of the CFL. <laughs> Fuck that up, guys. No! All right, and I've been uh, your host, Sheldon host, Charles Cliff, filling in for CJ. I'm sure he'll be back with us, and we we'll, should be back at our regular time slot next Wednesday night, uh, 8 Eastern or 8 Pacific. 11-